We're glad you're here tonight. Um, we are wrapping up our final night of our relationship series. And um, so as we're getting that, as we're talking about that tonight, um, so years ago, um, my dad used to work uh, for a Honda dealership in Tulsa, in Oklahoma. And one year, one day, this guy came, comes in to the dealership, and he walks in, and he says, hey, it, you know, obviously, they're talking about the car, and the guy's like, hey, I've got a set of Rolex watches, and I'll sell you one. And the first, and my dad was like, oh, I'll, I'll look at it, and he's like, I probably can't buy it. And the guy's like, oh, no, no, I'll make you a special deal. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. So my dad looks at the watch, and the guy's like, $400. I was like, hold on. My dad's like, I work for Honda. Like, come on, let's be real here. So the guy's like, oh, no, I'll make you a special deal. Like, he was, he was really trying to work this deal. And so finally, my dad got to looking at him, got to realize, oh, these are fake Rolexes. Called the guy on it, and the guy was like, okay, okay. 40 bucks. My dad's like, deal. <laughs> so, so he got this Rolex, fake, and, and it totally was, obviously, it, 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 was, it looked real. It looked good, um, but it was obviously really fake. It didn't have, like, you, you would, of course, I've never, I never held a Rolex watch, but you would imagine, like, it, it would feel like the weight of it and the make of it and how it, how it is, how it looks, it would be a, you would know if it's real or not. And so, so what if my dad turned around and took that watch, knowing that it was fake, knowing that it was not real, turned around and he gifted it to a friend. My, that friend, all of a sudden, he's like, whoa, this guy just gave me the greatest, this is a Rolex watch. This is a huge deal. This is something really, really, really important. Like this is, my friend gifted me, he spent a lot of money to give me this. So the friend, he takes it. Oh, thank you. My dad's name is Bruce. Thank you, Bruce. You're a good man. So my friend turns around. He's like, so he takes it to the jeweler the next day. And he goes to the jeweler. He gets it sized to, to the correct size um, to fit his wrist. And the jeweler looks at him and he's like, hey, um, do you know this is a fake Rolex? Imagine being that friend and what he would think of my dad and what he would think. He's like, hey, my, this guy gave, no, he said it was real. He said this was the real thing, the real deal, and this is, this is fake? Imagine the, the disappointment and maybe even the distrust and, and, and how he would feel getting a fake Rolex. But here's the deal. Sometimes in our lives, we don't mind getting fakes. We don't mind having fake things when it comes to love and when it comes to relationships. Um, how many of you guys, February is almost over. Who had a Valentine on Valentine's Day? Anybody? You had that special someone? A couple of you guys? All right. Yeah, you did. But February, it's the month of love. It's also the month of my daughter's birthday. She turns 12 on the 16th, and she's beautiful, and she is not ready at any time soon to have a Valentine. I may not. Well, you might lose a limb. So, um, yeah, hey, I, I'm playing around here, but it's the month, February is called, it's like the month of love. Now, um, turn, look at the person right next to you, look at him right in the face, say, this is the month of love. 
Now look at the person on the other side and that, like, that just got really awkward real quick. Yeah. But here's the deal. I think you can break dating and love and relationships into two categories. Are you ready? Before we get started, I want to encourage you guys to take notes, to write some things down. Who knows what God can speak to your heart? Because note takers are? And note takers go to heaven. That is absolutely not true. Um, but it, it doesn't, it, it's, it could help. So anyways, um, but take some notes, write some things down. Uh, uh, hopefully, maybe someday you can go back and look at some of these things, like what we're talking about tonight, and maybe God could speak to your heart over and over again. Um, so, are you ready? I feel like you can break down dating, love, relationships into two categories. Are you ready? Number one, there are people who know that the relationship they're in is fake. Because it's cheap. It provides what you want without much investment. It's cheap. It provides what you want without much investment. But you don't want to, you honestly, you don't want to inspect it. You don't want to look at it too close. Because if someone took a closer look or maybe even asked you some tough questions, it would probably turn out to be fake. I know we say like, we, we say that I love yous, and we, we, all, we act that way, and we say the right things, and we do the right things, but maybe, just maybe, it's not real. Maybe it's a fake. By the way, if, if you've been only dating for a few weeks, and you're already start to throw out the I love yous, that's not I love you. It's not real. It's not real. It's some dude or some girl throwing out those three words to try to get what they want. I'm sorry. Can I be honest tonight? All right. If it's, it's, it's not real love, what it is, it's infatuation. And it's someone throwing around those precious words to make you feel or make you act a certain way so they can get what they want. And I hope I didn't just blow up someone's relationship. Oh, wait, yes, I do. And then... There's this second group. You may not, um, you may be in a relationship, or maybe you've been in a relationship, and it, it looks like the real thing. It feels like the real thing. It's labeled the real thing. All of your friends are like, they've been together two weeks. This is going to last forever. But what if your relationship is fake? You thought you loved each other. You thought it was real. We even, we even kissed. But what if the relationship is fake? Kissy, kissy, text all the time, FaceTime all the time, Snapchat all the time. But what if it's fake? If it is, you're probably going to leave a little disappointed, a little angry, because what you've been doing is you've been investing, and, and, and you thought that this has been going somewhere, but it's fake. See, the thing about fake love, if you could sum it up into one statement, and if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. If you could sum it up, you could say this, fake love will always leave you feeling like you've been ripped off. 
Fake love will always rip you off. It will always take more from you than what you should have given. It will always it, it'll take you more than what you're willing to give. It will always leave you disappointed. It will leave you disheartened. It will leave you upset. It will leave you embarrassed. And as we're talking about this tonight, uh, I know there, there are some of us in this room that are in a relationship. I want you to know tonight, and I didn't say this at the beginning of this series, but I'm not targeting anyone. I'm not talking about anyone. anyone. All I'm doing is talking about what the Word says and what God says and what I've discovered about <laughs> dating and love and relationships. Um, <laughs> But maybe some of you are in a, currently in a relationship and you know that it's fake. You know it. You can feel it. You know you're giving into it more than what it actually is. But there's maybe others of you in this room, maybe you thought you had the real thing. This was it. This is the real deal. Me and my girl, we're going to last forever. We know it's the real thing. But upon closer evaluation, if, if you look for it, if you see the signs, if you catch the right things, maybe your eyes will be open to see that it could be fake. So tonight we're going to look at the story of Esther. And a lot of people, we don't, we don't talk about the story of Esther. And, and it's, it's, um, it's an Old Testament book of the Bible, and it's not a lot that's uh, really brought up and talked about. But we're going to talk about Esther tonight. And this story is honestly kind of like a fairy tale. Who likes fairy tales? Who likes chick flicks? Yeah. Okay, be honest. Guys, who likes chick flicks? Yeah, okay. Tracen does. But but it's but this story of Esther, listen, the story of Esther is kinda like a fairy tale. Shh, listen. So this guy, what happens? He's the king of the world, right? Isn't that how a good fairy tale starts out? He's the king of the world, and he's the most powerful ruler, and what happens is he discovers this woman who's the most beautiful in all of his kingdom. And so he has this, he has this beauty competition. And they're like... And he calls the, all the most beautiful women from all the land to come in front of him and to stand in front of him, and he's got this competition. It's kind of like The Bachelor. If we could be honest... The Bachelor is totally fake. But here's, here's, here's how the story gets weird. The king, he already has a wife. Ooh, yeah. But so what happens is like he, he gets, I guess he gets tired of her. He's, he's, he quits liking her, whatever it is. So he leaves her and he has this competition to find out who in his kingdom is the most beautiful. And so a woman from every region shows up, and he, he evaluates them, and they come, and they twirl in front of him, and they stand in front of him, and he's like, next, ugly, stinky, smelly, like, next. And then finally, how many of you guys in this room, you're like, that's how I'm going to find my next girl. They're going to come, and they're going to pose, like, I want that one, and... That's never going to happen, just so you know. Keep praying, bro. And so what happens is King Xerxes, the most powerful king in the world, he lines up all these women, and once he spots Esther, this unknown girl, he didn't even want to 
Uh, she didn't even want to enter the competition. She didn't even want to be a part of the competition. Uh, and, but her family talked her into it. And as soon as the king sees Esther, stop the competition. That's it. Send everyone else home. This is the one. Esther's the one. All the girls are ugly compared to Esther. She's the one. And they live happily ever after. How many of you guys love fairy tales? Yeah. But you need to realize that fairy tales are never really true. They're never really true. It drives me crazy when people watch fairy tales or they watch these chick flicks and they're like, gulls. That's what me and my man are. It's, it's, it's uh, uh, Lady Gaga and that, who's the dude? Oh my gosh, did you see them? Sing? I just spit everywhere. Did you sing and see them together at the grannies? <laughs> Grammys? They looked into each other's eyes. It was a moment. <gasps> yeah, Oscars, whatever it is. I don't care. But we're like, we're going, oh, I'm going to be Lady Gaga and you be the guy. And, and that's what we want our relationships to be like. But you need to know this. Let me tell you, I'll let you in on a little secret. It's not true. It's not real. And as we take a closer look at Esther, we might be able to see some things of how to spot a fake. So let's look at a little bit of the backstory of King Xerxes. If you brought your Bible tonight, we're in the book of Esther, uh, chapter 1. We're going to look at a little bit at King Xerxes. Xerxes. We're going to start in verse 4. It says this, The celebration lasted 180 days. That is a party. It was, it was a tremendous display of all the opulent wealth of his empire and the pomp and the splendor of his majesty. When it was all over, the king gave a banquet for all the people, from the greatest to the least, who were in his fortress of Susa. It lasted for seven days and was held in the courtyard of the palace garden. The courtyard was beautifully decorated with white cotton curtains, blue hangings, which were fastened with white linen cords and purple ribbons to silver rings. It was beautiful. It was amazing. Gold and silver couches stood in mosaic pavement of marble. Mother of pearl, other costly stones. So what's happening is King Xerxes was trying to impress everyone in all the land with what he had. He's saying, hey, everybody, look at me. Look what I've got. Look at how much money I got. Look at all the things that I have. I'm powerful. I'm awesome. I'm rich. I have all the things. He probably got earbuds, too. Whatever. Earpods. So here's our first clue of how to spot a fake. If you're writing down, down things, here's the first clue. If you fall in love with what a person has rather than who a person is, it's fake. The funny thing is that doesn't stop us from doing it. So I'm, I'm in love with who you are and what you have and what you have to offer. But yet we kind of do that, right? Don't we kind of do that? When a person says um, when a, what a person wears, what a person looks like, what a person can do maybe on a sports field, what a person drives, what a person may have, it's funny that, honestly, we, a lot of times we do our friendships that way as well. Oh, you got a, 
you got a really cool car. We should uh, go hang out sometime. But it, it's, it's not just for our relationships. We need to know this. What a person has will never define who the person is. What a person has will never define who a person is, not what they have, not what they look like, not what they wear. It may attract you to them, but that stuff will never prove enough to develop a real love. But we find ourselves being attracted to the what and not the who. You see, a person can have all the what's in the world, but they can still be rude, they can still be selfish, they can still be arrogant, hot-tempered, abusive, toxic. See, you see in relationships, and maybe you've seen this in other people's relationships, maybe you've seen this in your, in your own homes with your parents or with your siblings, and it becomes about what and not who. Let me ask you this. When you pursue someone, have you, have you pursued a collection of what's rather than who the person is? That one's kind of easy. Let me take it a little bit deeper. Um, maybe you need to answer this question yourself. Don't shout it out or anything. But have I been concerned about my, what I have rather than who I am? Because I think a lot of times we jump into a relationship thinking that this person's going to help me be better. This person's going to fix me. But we need to work on ourselves before we ever think about jumping into a relationship. In my life, I've, I've been more concerned about what's and collecting more what's, and I need to dress and act a certain way and portray myself a certain way than, rather than focusing on who I am. Am I becoming a better follower of Jesus? Am I becoming a better person? Am I becoming a better husband? Am I becoming a better dad? Who am I becoming rather than what am I collecting? See, when you're collecting, what you're saying is, what you're saying is, world, will you like me? Will you like my boyfriend? Will you like my girlfriend? Will you like what I've collected? Rather than going, here's who I am, and this is the real me. This is who God says that I am. So let's continue with King Xerxes. Verse 10 says, On the seventh day of the fast, when King Xerxes was in high spirits because of the wine, he was drunk, he told the seven eunuchs who attended him, uh, me human, which is a cool name, uh, Bizda, Harbona, Bigtha, Abagatha, Zethar, and Carcass. That's good. <laughs> to bring Queen Vashti, who was his first wife before Esther, to him with the royal crown on her head. He wanted the nobles and all the other men to gaze on her beauty, for she was a very beautiful woman. Now, some scholars actually say that King, King, King Xerxes wanted her to wear only the crown. Having a big party, everyone in the kingdom's there. Queen Vashti, sorry to be weird, but that's what some scholars say. He wanted her to come out in front of hundreds of drunk men to show off he has a beautiful wife. Queen Vashti's like, you want me to do what? If that was you, would you feel loved? Would you feel beautiful? Would you feel cared for? Would you feel treasured? Verse 12, but when they conveyed the king's order to Queen Vashti, she refused to come. This made the king furious, and he burned with anger. Just imagine it. 
the guys come to Queen Vashti and say, hey, Queen V, um, the king wants you out here at the party. It's a great party. You're going to love it. Everyone's having a good time. We're having fun. Oh, and, and, and she's like, okay, I'll come out to the party. Say hey to everyone. No, 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 queen. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of weird to ask you this, but uh, he wants you to wear your crown too. Oh, I can wear my crown. Uh, no, he wants you to wear only your crown. Ooh. How valued, how important, how special would you feel? Of course she refused. Any self-respecting woman would never do that. And here's how to spot a fake. Number two, if you have to perform things that you're uncomfortable with, I know this is kind of long, but if you have to perform things that you're uncomfortable with in order to keep the other person's love, the other person loves themselves more than they love you. Let me say that again because it was really, it's a long sentence. So if you have to perform things that you're uncomfortable with, this could be for guys or for girls, in order to keep that person's love, the other person loves themselves more than they love you. Let me say it. I'm just kidding. But if you have to rationalize a behavior, if you have to rationalize it, it's fake love. Well, well, no, no, girl. This is how we prove our love to each other. Girl, I have needs, right? You may have heard things like that. I am a passionate man. If, ladies, if a guy ever says that to you, your fist better go straight to their nose. No joke. You run as far as you can. Or, or, or here's what we hear as, as too. If you love me, you'll do this. I mean, let me tell you, it's all fake love, and it will always leave you feeling like you've been ripped off. So what happened to the queen? Verse 19, so if it pleased the king, we suggest that you issue a written decree, a law of the Persians and Medes that cannot be revoked. It should order that, that Queen Vashti be forever banished from the presence of King Xerxes, uh, and that the king should choose another queen more worthy than she. Maybe, maybe something like this has happened to you. Obviously, you're not living in fairy tale land, and this is kind of a weird story, but maybe something like this has happened to you. Maybe you wouldn't perform. Maybe you wouldn't do certain things. Maybe you refused to send those pictures. Maybe you refused and you said no if you wouldn't do certain things, and, and, and maybe the answer you got was, fine, if you're not going to do that, we're done. And you're like, but, but I I thought we had something real. I, I thought this was a, a real relationship. Nah, we're done. Maybe you've done things. Maybe you, you've done things because you're afraid what would happen to you if you didn't. What would be said about you? Gossip that would be spread about you if you didn't. Well, I, I don't know what they would do. Or I don't know what they would say if, if I broke up with them. If I didn't go along with what she said, would she be, up with, be upset with me? If I didn't do those things, would she say that I'm not a man? But maybe tonight, maybe tonight you can identify with the king. I'm not saying all the girls in the room are like the queen and all the guys are like the king. I think it, it could go both ways in this story. And some of you in here, you need to hear this for future knowledge, but if, if you identify with the king and you're asking someone to to sacrifice their dignity 
and their identity, it's fake. It's fake, and you need to stop it. Because you may enjoy what feels like love, but it's not real love. When you only care about yourself, you'll be the only one who cares about you. When you only care about yourself, you'll be the only one who cares about you. In a relationship, when it becomes selfish, your needs, your wants, your desires, it's all about you. You're the only one who's going to end up caring for you. So some time has passed, and so let me kind of introduce Esther into the story. So Vashti, she's been kicked out, and the king is lonely, and he wants to find a new queen. So he holds this competition that we talked about at the very beginning to, to see who the most beautiful is in all the land. And it's, about, it's not about who would be a great queen, but it's about who's prettier. Kind of like The Bachelor, where he tries out women. You may have this rose. You may get punched in the face. Like, it, honestly, it, it's sick, actually. I know a lot of people, like, really love that show. But, like, to me, it just makes my stomach turn because it's so sick. I watched, like, five minutes of it a while back, and I was like, this is so fake. It's so not real. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's why you enjoy it. That's what I'm maybe hoping is why people enjoy it because it's so unrealistic. It's sick, and, that, and it's definitely fake love. So let's get back to our story. Verse 17. And the king loved Esther more than any other of the young women. He was so delighted with her that he set the royal crown on her head, and he declared her queen instead of Ashti. Now, if you read the story, the king never took the time to know who Vashti or who, the, who Esther was. He just took a look at what she looked like. It's still the same pattern with the king. He's continued to do the same thing. It's all about the, the what and not the who. And, and don't we do this sometimes? Honestly, when we're looking at relationships or looking for relationships or looking for that guy or that girl, they look good. Don't we do that? It's all about the what and it's not about the who. We go through this relationship and we get hurt and, and maybe we're ashamed and, and we feel unloved and we're like, here's what we do. And we're like, never again. I'll never do that again. I'll never get into a relationship like that again. Then time passes. Some time passes and, and somehow, some way, the same pattern kind of shows up. In order to break that pattern, we must find the real. We must find the real thing. If we're honest with, with, with ourselves, and I, and I think we should be tonight, um, maybe, I, I think we all in this room, we all kind of feel this. Maybe we've been through this, or maybe you, you're in this room and you've never been in a relationship, but maybe hopefully some way tonight you're, you're hearing this and you, it's making you think forward. Or maybe you're currently in this place. But I think somehow, some way, we all kind of feel this tonight. Maybe you don't really know what the right answer to do is. Maybe you tried looking at your parents, their relationship as an example, and, it, and it, maybe it's a wreck, and maybe it's not the greatest either. And may, they still may be married, but it's not like love. Maybe you've got great parents, or maybe you're in this room tonight and your parents aren't even in the picture, or only one is. 
So where do you find that example of love? Is it through your friends? No way. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Maybe an older sibling. That's gross. Don't look, please, please, please don't look to, to music. Don't look to media. Don't look to what the world says. Don't look to movies and, and find and define your relationship of love. Whether you're in this room tonight and you're a Christian or, or if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus or not, consider what, where do you find an example of a right relationship? Where do you go to find that example of real love? I, I can tell you tonight that you go to the Word. You go to Jesus. And some people are like, that's not good enough. Like, I need this person to talk to. God's always willing to listen. He's always there. Jesus is always available. You go to the word. If, um, if our band would go ahead and come back up. Could everyone else just kind of stand with me? And I've kind of got one closing thought. And I want you to catch this, because this is really important tonight. I want you to catch this. I want you to know this. Did you know that the book of Esther is the only book in the Bible it doesn't even mention God? Esther is the only book in the Bible that doesn't even mention God. And I think what we see here is a picture of, of a relationship with God not right in the middle of it. See, let's look at Esther one more time. Scholars say, when you, when you look at the Old, Old Testament and, and into the New Testament, scholars say that Esther was a foreshadowing of Jesus. Esther is in the Old Testament. Jesus is in the New Testament. And, and all throughout the Old Testament, there are people who represent what Jesus is going to be like in the New Testament. See, if, if, if Esther is a foreshadowing of Jesus, let me kind of draw the connection here. Esther was committed to a king who didn't love her, but only loved her for what? She was committed to a king that, that didn't love her, only loved her for what? But she stayed committed. She was with an evil man. He was selfish. He made a lot of mistakes, but Esther stayed committed. If you read her story, she went on to do great things, but Esther stayed with a terrible, terrible man and was committed to him the whole time. See, in many ways, this is kind of like our relationship with Jesus. If we could be honest, sometimes we go to Jesus not because of who he is, but because of what he can do, because of his what. Not because we really love him, because, oh, Jesus, I'm in trouble. I'm hurting, I'm in pain, or I need this, or I want this, or God changed this, and, and I want to go to you because of what you can do, not just who you are. Jesus, I need help. I'm lonely. Jesus, I'm hurting. And here's what Jesus does. He stays committed. He stays committed. But when you're not lonely anymore... When you aren't hurting, when you aren't in need, in need, a lot of times like, I see you later, Jesus. And he's like, but, but I want to get to know you. We need to get to know each other. 
I want to be there for you. But sometimes we treat Jesus how Xerxes treated Esther. Aren't, aren't we kind of selfish at times? Don't we only, a lot of times maybe we only call on Jesus when we really need something. Lord, I did not study on this test. I need your help now. Don't, don't we do things like that? God, I've messed up. I've made a mistake. I, I really need your help. And that's the only time that we spend time with Jesus. Aren't we kind of selfish like that? And here's, here's the beautiful thing about Jesus. <clears throat> he always says, I'll be right here when you get back. I'll always be right here when you get back. In fact, I I hate to see you make those mistakes. It hurts me to see you do those things. But when you need to be put back together, I'll always be here. When your heart's broken, I'll always be here. When your life is messed up, when you've made mistakes, I'll always be here. We have our volunteers come to the front. And here's how committed that Jesus is. I want you to know this. Paul wrote this in Romans, and it says this, Romans 5, 8. It said, Christ died for us while we were still sinners. I think sometimes we get it mixed up, and we're like, hey, I'm a Christian now. I said this prayer thing, and me and Jesus, we're good. We're close. We're tight like that. And and now I'm, I'm good. But even before we knew Jesus, even before we prayed a prayer, even before we ever made a commitment, even while we were still messy, still broken, still hurting, still, still messed up, it says Christ died for us while we were still like that? Who would do such a thing? I, I think before we get too far into how I can have a real relationship with a guy or a real relationship with a girl, I, I say we, we see how far, how, how we can have a real relationship with Jesus. Amen? Anybody out there? So tonight, I want to encourage you, before you even think about a real relationship with that guy or with that girl, you need to get right with Jesus. Maybe you need, to, you need to confess some things. Maybe you need to repent of some things. Maybe tonight you need to, to make a change in your life, but you know tonight you're in this room and you've got to make a change. You've got to do something different. I don't know about you guys in this room, but I'm so thankful that Jesus is committed to me. Even when I mess up, when I turn my back on him, when I, when I fail, when I make mistakes, he's always committed to me. And that it stays with me, that he, that he loves me no matter what. Even in the middle of my stakes, mistakes. And I'm so thankful that God has so much grace for me. That even when I'm, I'm not committed, he still is. <clears throat>